Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please support this podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Taco Supremo. Oh, look, John, a new review just came in. It says, the hosts of this podcast do nothing more but sensationalize everything, making small details more salacious than they really are, and try to clickbait their way to success. Oh, well, that's kind of rude. Anyway, well, what's our story for tonight? Tonight on Talk Murder to Me, Master Chef Black Belt brutally kills his transgendered Indonesian lover because he feared she would expose his secret double life as an Australian gigolo sex worker charging $500 an hour under the pseudonym Heath XL. Then grabs a serrated meat cleaver, dismembers her body, cooks her feet on the stove, and tells his neighbors not to worry about the putrid, eye-watering smell. It's just him cooking pig's broth. All right, so we have a brand new Taco Supremo and a supporter. Thank you so much to Teresa. Hey, Teresa. Hey, Teresa. Or Theresa. Theresa. No, it's T-H-E. Yes, Theresa. Oh, okay, Theresa. Well, hello, Theresa. She is from Wisconsin. Ah, lots of Wisconsin people. And uh, she wrote me a a long email, and I uh, responded back, so I hope you got that. I don't think she wants me to share all of the email, but I will say thank you for your service as a retired teacher. Oh, thanks, Teresa. A quote, a dedicated educator, passionate about doing what is best for kids and their families. And she says, only the very best to you, John, and to Nicole and Jen as well. Hugs to you all and continued success with Talk Murder to Me. Peace and love and green (laughs) M&Ms. And, oh, P.S., John is my favorite. (laughs) All right. Wow. It's amazing how every email (laughs) Is signed off that way. That's yeah. like crazy. <laughs> what a coincidence. So thank you so much, Teresa. And um, I look forward to getting to know you. And I look forward to covering some of the stories that you put on the uh, the private forum there. Yes, thank you. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. It is like oh. nail polish remover. Or like Robitussin. It smelled like Robitussin. Eh. What was that? Oh, that's fucking disgusting. You want to take a guess? No, I don't. I don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the worst. It was better than the absinthe. Um, it was the um, whatever that black currant one is. Oh, the Cassis creme de Cassis. Cassis. Oh yeah, creme de Cassis and Jack Daniels. I was kind of thinking. That maybe it would taste a little bit more like a Jack and Coke, because I'm pretty sure black currant is an ingredient in Coke, and it kind of gives me that flavor. It did not, though. It it tastes tasted like nail polish remover. So tonight we have a very interesting story. It is a story that is um, made, quote, made for me, John. And guys, if you don't know, here's how I pick stories. Tonight isn't a taco request. I wanted it to be, but... Here's why you got to submit as many as you can, because when I do a story, I actually do a lot of research on these stories. So I got to be really interested in the topic at the time. So if you submit like, I don't know, a cannibal story, maybe 
Well, most likely I'll be into that and want to do it. But sometimes I'm like, "Ah, I'd rather do a couple killer story or whatever. So it really depends on. It's all dependent on John's mood. John's mood. And since I'm bipolar, it changes like the fucking wind. (laughs) Get whiplash over here. Yeah. So I was really struggling to pick a story. And I was like, oh, man, I really want to do a couple of these Suprema requests, but I'm just not really feeling it. So I asked Savannah, the true crime queen, what she recommends. And she sent me two stories at first. And I was like, are you serious? And then she sent me a story. And (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I don't want to uh, spoil it for you. But uh, Savannah typically picks <laughs> Team John type stories. Any, so anything that says I'm down for that. dismemberment in the title Ooh. is going to pique my interest. Tonight we are going to the land down under Australia. Oh, good day. So um, <laughs> this right here is the double one three apartments in Tenerife. It's a very not wealthy, but uh, you got to have money to live here. Now, this apartment building, unfortunately is brand new at the time of this story. Oh, <laughs> no. Do I go out and demolish this building? This really nice apartment building actually just opened. Some of the apartments still had the painter's tape in the units. And here's how this apartment works. I don't know if other apartments work like this, but an investor comes in and each unit costs about 600 grand. Wow. So he, they're buying these units. So whoever bought the one that we're about to do the story in, I'm sorry to tell you, but anyway, this apartment is so freaking new. It still has the banners on the side of the apartment that says brand new, open, come get your place, units available. It's in a really nice area by Brisbane and it's right by the, um, the, the river. There's like river walks and stuff. This apparently is the area to be in if you're anybody, if you're somebody, which I'm not. So I'll be in the fucking... Where the trailer the, out back. the crocodile hunter is probably. <laughs> Here's some photos of the uh, the actual apartment that we're going to tonight. The exact same unit. Wow. Now it's cleaned up, but it used to be a lot more bloody, bloodier. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if you zoom in, you can still see some spots. Yeah, yikes! How are you going to get the blood out of the white paint? So if you're brand new here. And there's your first episode. I put all my sources, all my pictures on talkmer.com. And I'm not going to lie. You don't want to miss this story. So if you're driving, you better pull the hell over and go talkmer.com so you can see this. Because what I'm about to tell you, you ain't going to want to miss. Anyway, this is the exact apartment. Notice the kitchen right there. Keep that in mind because that's mm. exactly where we're going to tonight. Ooh, <laughs> ooh the kitchen. I, it looks pretty modern. My what favorite year, place. What year are, are we going to? So tonight we're going to Monday, September 29th, 2014, and a call comes in. It's a call to the local electrician. And, the electrician? Uh, the electrician, yeah. And here's the call. Hello, President Paul. Uh, good day. Is this a 24-hour electrician? Hey. All right, Gene, can you, uh, can you go ahead and trans- can you please translate this for us? Oh, sure I can. Hello, positive power. Good day. Is this a 24-hour electrician? It is. Yeah, um, I've got a bit of a problem. Um, I was uh, cooking on my stove, stove, it's an electric stove, and um, the stock pot boiled over, dripped down, and um, got into the oven, and basically made this big bang, and then all my power turned off. I got a bit of a problem. I was cooking on my stove, it's an electrical stove, and the stock pot boiled over, 
dripped down and got into the oven and basically made this big bang and all my power turned off. Does it sound like something you'd be able to fix today? Does it sound like something you'd be able to fix today? Yeah, it should be, yeah. Yeah, it should be, yeah. So just, do you reckon just to blow a fuse or something? Yeah, by the sound of... Do you reckon I just blew a fuse or something? Yeah, by the sound of things. All right, so that was the call that was coming in to the electrician. Now, that call came from this apartment that you saw. That's unfortunate since it was such a brand new apartment building. Brand new apartment. The banners were still on there. And like I said, some of the apartments still weren't even completed yet. Hmm. And the reason I'm saying that that's unfortunate is because if you type in these apartments, like <laughs> let's say you're, you know, you heard about them on apartments.com and you want to go get the reviews. What the hell do you think you're going to find? This <laughs> murder. <laughs> this murder. They should just change the name of the damn apartment. Oh, good idea. I mean, holy shit, dude. Start fresh, man. That's no, a really don't good idea. Change the, you don't want to tear it down, but change the name of it, man, because as you type in this apartment, the first thing on Google for the, the first 10 pages is this fucking murder. <laughs> You're right. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong because you're right. No one wants to live in this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All righty. That was the call to the electrician. So what do you think is going on? Obviously, Somebody died. Well, he said his power's out. My guess would be that it's not his unit that has a victim in it. It's another unit that the power would be connected to like maybe the unit above or below mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that had an effect on his oh so that wasn't the killer no i don't think so i think it was i'm gonna spoil it for you that definitely was the killer oh well then uh <laughs> well he sounded how do you sound nicole like he, it sounded like he just like boiled too much spaghetti and he you know his stock pot ran over the electrician. Or he was boiling a human. Now that I think about it, oh my god, he was oh boiling a head. <gasps> okay, so the electrician, or uh, and if you're in Australia, you'll call him the tradie. T r a d i e tradie. Oh, that's cool. Is it it's because like a electri- tradesman? Oh yeah, yeah. it's like electrician so, is call a trade- tradie over here. Call yeah. that tradie over here to fix the uh, the sewer because you took a big old dump in it and it I, backed it up to toys. That's a great toy. Australian accent, by the yeah. way. So he, the, tra- <laughs> the tradie comes and fixes the uh, issue. He does fix the fuse issue, but and because he goes and tells the uh, the desk people down down Nanda, you know, in the uh, what well, is the first floor. But he goes and tells the desk people after he's done that I guess he was just being a good Samaritan. That quote uh, the carpet squelched a bit underneath oh. my feet. Oh. Oh, so oh, oh. <laughs> but what color was the carpet? Cream, probably. With new apartments, oh, they all put light the, colored things. Yeah, I know, but I'm thinking squelch blood. No, it, there was no blood. I, just listen. Okay, okay. It okay. was excess cleaner that was still wet on the ah. carpet. So here's the here's the deal with this apartment, and I get it, man. These they don't make things like they used to. the The pot on the stove boiled over, and it got into the electric oven. And that short-circuited the power supply. He said, hey, something's wrong with my um, power. I was cooking because, as you'll find out, he's a chef. Oh. And um, oh. He, he told the electrician, actually, don't mind that smell. I'm, I'm cooking, uh, quote, pig's broth. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Oh. 
There was also bottles of chemicals and rubber gloves and smell of bleach ah. mingling with the odd foul stench. So on the way out, the electrician does talk to the apartment staff and alerts them that this is probably not the, the pig pig broth like he said it was. A few days later, Thursday, October 2nd, neighbors start to uh, smell the the smell, the uh, very pugnant smell. And they actually call the police complaining of, quote, eye-watering smell next Ooh, door. Oh, no way. The only thing that should make your eyes water is onions. Mm-mm. Cole, if you want to read this, this is from the couriermail.com.au, October 6th. 2014. These are quotes from the neighbors. On Saturday about lunchtime, it got so bad in the foyer. It was so strong it would make your eyes water, she said. That's when the on-site manager alerted police. It was a really distinct smell. I hope I never have to smell that smell. A resident of the Tenerife complex, Courtney Reichart, said an increasingly foul smell had been coming from the unit since Wednesday, and by the weekend it made her eyes water. It was like as if somebody had just put out some dog food or some red meat out in the sun and left it out for a few days, she told reporters outside. So this is the married couple right here. That you're looking at right now, go talkmore.com because you you you've got to see um, this couple. They're they're pretty newly married. So the husband kills the wife. The husband kills the wife. Yeah, and the husband is the one that was calling the electrician. And he's a chef. He is a chef. Yeah. So she's looks European. Yeah, Eastern European. Well, go ahead and describe them. This couple. I mean, they're a good-looking couple, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um. He's not as pretty as she is. Um, she looks like a freaking model. Yeah. I mean, she's very pretty. It looks like her name is like Ivanka or something. She's like, that's exactly what I thought of was um, <laughs> right? Mrs. Trump. Yes. She looks a lot like Melania. Melania. Yeah. Yes, she does. But like a, her hair is a little bit darker and obviously younger. But she's she's got this like blue steel going on here. Blue steel. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, do they not smile in Russia? Actually, no, because that is what? a she's not that is a Russian? signal for prostitute solicitation if you smile. You think she's Russian? Yes, she looks Russian. She's nowhere near Russian. So if I'm sitting, <laughs> is she Eastern European? <laughs> no, not even close. Yes. Okay, dude. so I can't. I didn't tell you guys a story about. No. So um, I, if I sit in a picture next to someone and I'm smiling, it means I'm a prostitute. It is. It is a historical signal for for solicitation. In Russia. So, I, so when McDonald's first, first came to the Eastern European countries, the they had a big problem because their whole thing is like to serve with a smile. And so people were like super uncomfortable. Like, what? Uh, You're serving me a happy a, meal? A happy and like, meal? I'm smiling. A happy ending meal. Yes, it is a thing. My, yes. What? Instead of the toy, first you get a all, handy. Yeah. First of all, if they see me in the picture, they should know right away that I am not a prostitute because no one is going to pay I mean, me. You, they will make me pay. Pe- probably. People, people are into all kinds of things, you know? Like, so you people, think, the people. So you you're judging know. her, you think she's a prostitute? No. I'm saying she looks Russian. She and then we got it. into the story yes. about smiling. Because and it, that is a thing. My, We were talking a lot about this in, the, in that Russian story. I took a course, Politics of Russia. My professor, she lived in communist Poland in the 80s. And she, she was telling us a story about McDonald's and how when that started to become globalized, like that business model really struggled. People would be like, 
why are you smiling at me behind this counter when you're serving me a Big Mac? Now, see, as an American, if I went to a McDonald's back then and they weren't smiling at me, like if I or not necessarily McDonald's, but anywhere and they didn't like they weren't polite and smiling, I would be like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Why are they so miserable? Oh, yes. Well, they're also they're Russian. Well, the next time I go to McDonald's, I'm gonna be like, hey, where's my handy? Glad see that's what you got out of this whole conversation. Uh, Yeah, she told us all kinds of crazy things, like because they would only have certain things at certain periods of time. Like one time they would have pillows or jeans, and everyone would stand in line to just go get the pillows, whether or not you needed them, but because like that's what they had. Communism is wild, man. So yeah, so she looks Russian. He looks like mm, average Joe. I mean, he's like some, he's okay looking, but she attractive. looks like a model. How about Australian? We're in fucking Australia. You don't think he's Australian? I mean, no, he's <laughs> Australian. <laughs> Australian. Because, no. He's like a little sunburned, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she does not look Australian. No, she doesn't. Is she? No, she's not Australian. Well, thank you. Where <laughs> is Mayana? Why was this even an argument? I know, we're yeah. like Ivanka. <laughs> yeah, you guys are Where is she from? She's from Indonesia. Oh, here's some more pictures really? of her. T- tell us. I guess what... I could see that. Yeah, I don't know what Indonesian people look here's like. Here's some so more pictures know. of her. If you want to describe her, I guess I can see. Well, I mean, she looks like a model. I'm just gonna say, she's in provocative um, outfits. Potentially, photos that doesn't necessarily mean she's a model. She could just be sending those to her she's husband or other true. lovers. Let me read from her eulogy. This is uh, posted from a friend. Her name is Mayan. I can't even say it. Mayange. Mayange. Her name is M A Y A N G. Now, oh. this is from a friend of hers, and this is going to, you know. He asked her, where did that name come from? And I'm quoting directly from her eulogy from one of her best friends. Quote Her answer was, it was derived from my favorite philosopher. Maya Angelou. Oh. She loved quoting Maya Angelou's words of wisdom to me. Hmm. Some of them were, quote, I would like to be known as an intelligent woman, a courageous woman, a loving woman, a woman who teaches by being. I am a woman phenomenally, phenomenal woman, that's me. And the other one was, oh, I love this. This is my new slogan. I'm stealing this from her. Quote, the problem I have with my haters is they see my glory, but they don't know my story. Ooh. That's fucking sexy is that, right wait, there. Is that, is that a original Maya Angelou? Uh, no, that's her. Oh, but oh. They, so she pulls her name from that. and From Maya Angelou. Got it. Exactly. Before we start digging into their life, I want to... Um, I want to talk a little bit about where she came from. Is that fine? The Indonesian sure. culture. Okay. Yeah. Omar's Indonesian. Is he? Mm-hmm. Well, then he might know what this is. Uh, there's a, a culture there. His dad is straight up from Indonesia and lives there. Is really there's a culture there called the Waria. W-A-R-I-A. They're a group of women. It comes from two words put together. And I'm going to go into the Waria in a little bit. Wanita means woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Priya means man. Uh-huh. So let me look at these pictures again. She is a Waria. Waria means woman, man. 
So she is she's transgender. A, she's a transgender. I thought you guys would get that by now. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it now. I couldn't tell. She doesn't have an Adam's apple, so perhaps it was well, yeah. down. Yeah. So she is a woman post-op. She was a man. Now she's a woman. Is actually she looks great. Mm-hmm. She does, right? I was like looking Wish at some I of her photos. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was looking at some of her photos. <laughs> Cause she has I'm sure a, you were. Let's look at her Facebook page. You guys are you guys will love this. Her name is Mayange Prastillo, but her real name is Fabri Adrianasse. I, I can't really pronounce her name. That's most likely not correct. And I don't mean to make fun of this at all. In fact, I really want to dive into the transgender culture in today's episode, specifically in the place she grew up in, which is close to which is in Indonesia, because the term transgender wasn't even coined. However, Spanish ethnologist Miguel Covribios wrote in his lengthy journals about traveling to Bali. And in 1937, 1937, he meets an entire culture of transgendered men to female. In fact, in Indonesia, it's a, it's a huge culture. It's culture there. Not everyone. And it's still looked down upon by a lot of people. But it's really interesting. Before the word transgender was even coined, they were already practicing this. Hmm. Now, this goes way before 1937. That's just when this historian and traveler documented it. So this goes way into the 1800s. They were doing this. And it's kind of like the if you see some of the... If you see some of the African countries, they got the big earlobes mm-hmm. and uh, their necks. They put the rings on their necks. Yep. So it's kind of like that. It's actually really interesting because Mayana, Mayange, was a practicing waria. Hmm. And, I've, hmm. I've, and I'll go into that in a second. I just well, wanted to tell I was also just w- watching something on Netflix. It was with um, Christiane Amanpour, and it was about like um, sex and love in various countries that she goes to. And one they talk about in India, there is... That's an uh, that's a common thing there as well. It's like it goes back. I mean, America is a pretty young country, so you know to say that's part of our history is not really. It's we're just a young country, but yeah. that has persisted f- for for centuries. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see that it's not a novel idea. No, that definitely it's, not. It you know for all of the flack that people take for it, mm-hmm. and it's it's. There's like a negative connotation to it, but you look at other cultures and that's common practice. Common and they're like sacred, you know, they pay them for blessings in India, stuff like that. So let's see some of her photos. So was she a model? Kind of. Yeah. When you when you said um, when you had uh, said she looked like a prostitute. I did not say that. Well, you were actually correct. She is a prostitute. Oh, how does someone look good in all of those photos? Photoshop. Oh. No, because she's just glamorous. She's like uh, Walter Mercado. <laughs> mucho, mucho amor. Mm. So this is Mayange right here. She is a graduate of M of RMIT University. Her Facebook page is still active, so you could go and click on her links. It's one of those remembering pages, and she actually has a lot of support. If you go down here, it says like "Happy Birthday, Happy Birthday." This is before she was murdered. And then you go up, it's kind of sad, after they're mur- after she's murdered, you know, in memory of my dear doll, 
Mayange and Marcus taken in November and people were posting photos of her. Oh my God, I can't believe you have gone away. It's actually really sad because as I was digging more into Mayange, she did come from nothing in Indonesia and she was actually a prostitute. Yeah, but she, if you look, if you continue to dive into her, she was using that money to send back to her mother that was in poverty and her sisters. She was actually putting her sisters through school so they can better educate themselves as well. She, she was flashy. She's showy, but she's just got a good outlook on life. You know what I'm saying? She's just fabulous. She wants to be pretty. She likes beauty, stuff like that. I mean, she posts like butterflies on her Facebook page and stuff like that. So even though she was transgendered, I'm sure a lot of people are hurting to see her gone. Now, let me talk a little bit about her. So she went to RMIT University, which is, quote, a world leader in art and design, architecture and the built environment, engineering, accounting and finance and business and management studies. She worked for T.O. Melbourne Event, which is a event planning company. Now, she meets her boyfriend and his name is Peter Volk, the guy that is with her in her photos. And they actually meet on a cruise ship because they are both chefs. Okay. Ah. She, yes, she is a prostitute, but that doesn't come out until after she was murdered by okay. her husband. Okay. Ah. So her family thinks, and his family thinks that she is a chef. And she was a chef. But she found that making money in the brothel is way more lucrative. And plus, she can send all that money back home to Indonesia to help her family. So was she a prostitute still working at the time of her death? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. She she was actually working in a brothel in Australia, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. It sounds like Fantine from Les Miserables. How she like sent her money to the people to take yeah. care of her daughter and stuff, which is really sad. But but a little bit more on her background. She was born in Denpasar, Indonesia, the Bali country, the Bali mm-hmm. lands. It's actually the largest Muslim country in the world, which I did not know. And that kind of struck me as um, kind of odd because I didn't think they were tolerant towards that. But actually, the Muslim community in Bali and in Indonesia, I don't know if it's like this anywhere else, but they're very supportive of the transgendered community. Hmm. Another quote by her, quote, it's not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. Mm, I've now, heard that before. Yeah, She was working at a brothel, which we're going to talk about. She was charging clients $500 per hour. She sent money, as I said, to her impoverished mother and her two youngest sister younger sisters back on i know fuck i was like damn where does she work is that place still open do they hire dudes (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about the warrior real quick um this is from the culture trip.com this is the warrior in indonesia quote further stories of warriors date back even further in indonesian history the boogies in Sulawesi, for example, have always believed that there exist five genders, CISCs, men and women, trans men and women, and gender queer or non-binary. There's that non-binary term mm-hmm. again. Each so, are believed to each are believed to be an integral part of a 
harmonious community and are often sought after local leaders working as priests, shamans and mediums in contemporary Indonesian society. It would also not be much of a surprise to find warriors working in your everyday salon or even singing at your wedding. This is completely new to us fucking Americans over here. Yep. If you would have told me about the warrior when I was growing I mean, I grew up on a farm and in the South, you know, growing up strict Southern Baptist. You would have been talking ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics to me. I'd be like, what in the hell are you talking mm-hmm. about, a man coming a woman? That doesn't make any damn sense. And that's why we got to go and, and kind of, you know, make ourselves less ignorant by studying other cultures, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, there are many parts of Indonesia that still view them as shameful, though. They're outcasted by their family and they're stripped, beaten, their heads are shaven, and they're forced into prostitution. All right, so what was in that pot on the stove? Her head. <laughs> if you want to read this, this is from uh, one of our favorite websites, The Daily Mirror. I love this website. Just look at the uh, headline and it explain this whole story. You don't even have to listen to the rest of the episode. Hmm. Oh. He was boiling her feet when I walked in. Electrician describes moment he saw Killer cooking his wife. Brad Coyne, 28 was called to Marcus Volk's house in Brisbane, Australia on Saturday night, the night he cooked his transgendered wife, Mayang Prezacho, 27. All right, thanks for listening. (laughs) That's pretty much the episode. (laughs) Let me talk about the body parts here. There were remains found in a large pot on the stove and found in garbage bags. This is crazy. When you see officers, because once they found out that there was a body cooking in this apartment. I bet the the apartment owners were like, fuck me, are you serious? Anyway, all these cops show up with, quote, shovels and a wheelbarrow. (laughs) You know it's going to be bad if they're wheeling a wheelbarrow in that (laughs) So you mean to tell me that this guy was cooking his wife's feet, called the electrician, Uh, and didn't think to take the feet off of the stove? No, the feet. He was cooking. Well, there was... The it was just the feet in the pot. For instance, the torso and the head were in the laundry um, machine getting cleaned. I'm, I'm gonna go into this a little bit. There's some Wait, mental health. Getting cleaned? Uh, what? No <laughs> shit. There's something yeah. that's going on. Shit. <laughs> there's some mental health issues going. On. Uh, I sure hope so. My but, wife is all uh, bloody. Let me put her in the washing machine, then dry her out. Oh. What? Like no. <laughs> all right. So if you want to read this. This is from the couriermail.com.au. Officers discovered a body part believed to belong to his Indonesian girlfriend in a pot on the stove, as well as other parts of her mutilated body in the ground floor apartment. The scene confronted the officers in that near new unit was particularly gruesome. Human body parts simmering in the pot on the stove and other parts filling garbage bags on the floor. Ready for disposal. So were they? They weren't married. No, no, no. That that has got it wrong. They in they fact were. were married. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple sources that are inaccurate, and that is one I labeled another one that I want to okay. clear up to. But they were married, and I found that on multiple sources. Uh, let me get into uh, so, him right quick. So was okay. Yeah. So Peter Volk, he's a chef, and they met on a cruise ship, but then. His new wife, Mayange, finds prostitution working in a brothel. 
and she's bringing how much? $500 an hour? And he's, what, cooking? Fucking spaghetti for some asshole? Yeah, That's like, this needs to be more salt in it? He said, fuck that. I'm going to do what you're doing. Ew. So, Peter Volk, and this... this I would not pay money for that. Mm Mm-mm. Really? No. No. I don't know. Anyway, this is his, um, I don't know, like Craig's... List. Craigslist? No, more his back. This is his back page photo. In back page, what's that? It's like where you find hookers and escorts. Oh, backpage dot com. Good to know. Uh, slash Charleston. <laughs> you can find me on there. Slash John Perry's butthole. Could you imagine if someone like made a page for like one of us or like? Oh God, I could never. No tanks. No, like I wouldn't want someone to make a page for me. I'm saying like, his mother, Mrs. Volk, says that her son recently. Re- recently returned to Australia from working abroad on boats. I'm sorry, Mama, to tell you this, but there was no boats. Your son was hooking. Ah. And he was hooking real good. So they so did they meet on a cruise ship, or they did? I think they did meet on a cruise ship. They were both working, because she was a sure chef, too? Exactly. Okay. I, but they're I making want, their I real money say, prostituting. I want to say, here's another inaccuracy. This story is... I mean, you you have like the Daily Mail and the Daily Mirror covering it. I mean, who the fuck knows what the truth is? Another inaccuracy is she was either a chef on a cruise ship or a um, masseuse. No, not a masseuse. A a cabaret dancer. Ah, so that's the type of inaccuracies we're facing with this story. And I've searched everywhere for the information, but it wasn't. It wasn't like they that he was working on a cruise ship and she was on vacation. Like they both worked on the. They cruise both ship. were working there. Okay. We do know that, and they both were chefs. We do know that, but she may have been a cabaret dancer or whatever. But what we do know is that she came back and he came back. They got, they actually got married, and I'm going to talk about that here in a second. And they both were working in a brothel in Australia. Now the mother does not know. Until the son is dead, neither of the families know that their children were doing brothel work, right? A little bit about Peter Volk. His background, he's from a small Victorian farming community of Haddon, which is just outside Ballarat. Um, On the outside, he was a chef. But in reality, most of his money came from working at the Pleasure Dome brothel. And this is it right here. It's not there anymore. Is it what? legal there? Is it, it, I believe is prostitution it, legal? Yeah, I believe it is legal because this was in 2014. And the only reason huh. they shut this down is because uh, it was uh, next to a primary school. All right, this is from The Age right here. Melbourne, Melbourne's first transsexual brothel for sale. This brothel was the oldest in Australia. It's been there for over 25 years. Huh. And the owner, I read an interview from him, he was talking about the good old days when it was, you know, I'm thinking about our story we did with the mummy and the corpse. Oh, yeah. You know, the good old days when it was the, you know, the drag scene and the mm. club kids and all that. It was the good old days. Now he says it's mostly just drugs. And he said, quote, ICE, I-C-E, which is, I guess, like PCP or something. <laughs> so that leads me to believe that this murder had something to do with drugs, because if all the brothel workers are doing ice and drugs then this guy calling the electrician you know cooking his wife he's mostly on tugging ice i mean come on let's be honest here 
this article right here from The Age talks about the purchase of the brothel. They were actually building a primary school. It wasn't developed yet. This is the brothel right here. Go talk com to see the photo of it. But the primary school, and I don't know who bought it, but they bought it for $1.5 million. I think it was the Australian state that bought it because the primary school, and it's actually crazy because the school is the first vertical primary school. So basically it's a skyscraper huh. and it's a school. Wow. I think it's like the first in the world. And uh, so that's going there instead of the uh, brothel. 25 years since the late 1990s when the brothel opened, he specialized. uh, Here you go right here. He specialized in transsexual services, charging up to $300 an hour. That picture you saw was of him. Actually, that was a picture of his alias Heath XL under the name of Heath XL. That's his alias. He says, quote, young, sexy Australian boy, very friendly and easygoing, discreet and professional, of course. Quote, I am open to all kinds of people, ages and backgrounds. But if you are cool, serious and generous, then we can be a match. Uh, He was didn't care. He was there to make money. He was there to make money. And um, they were making a lot of money because that apartment was really you had to have money staying there. Another interesting thing I found about the family, they didn't obviously know that their son was working in a brothel. The father is a uh, karate instructor, like a black belt. So Ah. the media came to the door to ask about their son's sex life and why he cut off his wife. He basically karate kicked him out the fucking door. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, chop, get the fuck out of here. That's so awesome. They couldn't get any interview from him. In fact, this is his son. In fact, this is Peter right here in a martial arts. So his dad owns a martial arts studio. Yeah. He has nice abs, but that's about it. Let me talk a little bit about the couple right quick. They met on an international cruise ship. As I said, they were both chefs. Maybe not. The one source I was talking about that said she was a cabaret dancer was from the Northern Star, which is a, a huge paper down there. They own three small pugs that were all in the apartment. Mm-hmm. There's a photo of him holding one of the pugs, little black pugs. They're all okay now. That's the first thing I checked for. Good. And Mayange would often be seen walking the dogs along the riverside paths. Now, I'll play a little uh, video from the neighbors describing the couple because they didn't seem like the type to cut each other up and boil their own heads. So here's some of the neighbors and the family. It's pretty chilled out, quiet. He didn't seem psycho. She just seemed like, you know, regular sort of like mid-20s kind of girl. Like, I don't, I had nothing out of the ordinary or are that some of the neighbors? No, this is the cousin of Peter Volk right here talking about um, how their relationship was. Like, they'd done everything together. They were happy. They were always together. And, you know... Love that hair. That's very smash-mouthy. living happily, mm. as far as I knew. You should wear your hair like that. Very smash-mouthy hair. Real quick, they were married 2013 in Copenhagen. Multiple sources say that, so they were married. Oh. That one source was inaccurate. Okay. He actually goes down to Indonesia, and this is kind of cute, and he asked her mother if he could marry her. He knew that she was... You did nothing so romantic of the sort. <laughs> I texted your mom. No, you didn't. Sexed her. You didn't. I know you didn't. Uh... So was his motive... It seems to me like he knew that she was transgendered. Yeah. So that was not part of the motive. He... No, the the it was, all right. 
here's what happened a few nights before the smell started coming. Neighbors heard real loud arguing. They're both working at the brothel. She's there making was, a lot more money than he is. Well, I mean, I don't think that was the motive. I didn't see anything where he was cheating or she was cheating. I didn't see anything like that. They were just arguing, and I'm pretty sure this dude was on ice. I'm pretty sure they were both on ice. Mm. Because after the owner, the owner of that brothel comes out and says that this is all about ice, all, all, everyone, that's all that people care about is ice. Mm. That kind of clicked in my head. This must have been some sort of drug. They were arguing, and a lot of people think maybe he went too far, didn't mean to kill his wife. Because apparently, and I, I know we didn't go into all the family, but they loved each other. He goes down to Indonesia. Can I please marry your daughter? Yada, yada, yada. And they loved each other. They went everywhere. They traveled to all over the country, Paris, Italy. They, they went everywhere. If you look at her Facebook profile and his... It's them going all over. I mean, Norway, all kinds of places. They were very happy. So this seems like a domestic argument that went too far. Mm. And then he probably on drugs. And here's actually what the uh, detective said. And this is pretty interesting. Remember, they're in this nice apartment complex. Uh, Quote, he is stuck with his wife's body in a heavy populated area. Volk got to work with disposing of it. He took out a large pot and one of his chef knives and cut her into pieces. So he was just doing what he was trying to do as a chef. But like it said, he's in a heavy populated area. There's no way to get your wife's body out of there mm, right. without someone seeing it. And so it's a lot of people. You got to chop it up. So that's what he did. And he was actually caught red handed. The police shows up to his door with his wife's feet in the pot and her head and or excuse me, her torso in the dryer, the the washing machine, and oh. and he flees the scene. And uh, if you want to read this, this is a quote from one of the neighbors that saw this whole thing go down. Because the cops bust down the door. He's like, "Fuck!" He's holding the knife. You know, the wife's head is on Runs. the floor in the garbage bag, and then he jumps off the balcony. It's the first floor. It's, they're they're oh. on the first floor, so jumps over the little banister or whatever, and then he runs. Mm. And if you want to read this, this is from the neighbors. We were sitting on the couch watching a movie and heard what we thought was a fight going on. Death St. Resident Ryan Lane said, I came outside and there was probably about 10 or so cop cars out here and they wheeled one of the wheelie bins outside. I saw them. There were probably about 15 cops with their guns drawn and they tipped the bin over and the guy came rolling out covered in blood oh all right hold on one second for you continue the guy came out rolling in blood so basically peter volk the killer the husband jumps over the banister but before he goes he grabs one of his chef knives the one he used you know one of the ones he used to cut up his wife he runs to an alley jumps in like this recycle dumpster you know that they have in australia mm -hmm. kind of like what we have here he hides in there and then when that neighbor says he saw Quote, the guy came rolling out covered in blood. That's actually his own blood. He slit his throat. He killed Ooh. himself? He killed himself in the garbage bin there. So wow. you want to continue? He answered before fleeing through the window. Blood could be seen on a handrail where he leapt into an alleyway before taking off down the street. He ran for a block and turned on to the nearby Doth Street where he hid in the industrial bin. <sighs> Huh. Yeah, and then he took his own life. Didn't wow. see that coming. No. Yeah, that's why a lot of people think it was just um, 
An accident. And, and ac- drugs. Not, yeah, drugs. And he didn't mean to do it. From all the family reports that I read, they really did love each other. So it's really kind of sad. And in this story, I didn't want to just, I mean, even though we kind of laughed a little bit about the scenario. I mean, she was obviously a really good person. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I read the quotes by her and stuff. But anyway, that's that's the story. So he's dead. She's dead. And she got wow. brought out in a wheelbarrow wow. with, with fucking shovels. Ugh. Holy shit. The cops show up with fucking shovels, man. That's crazy. That's <laughs> awful. Holy fuck. Uh, anyway, that's the story. I mean, drugs make sense as the motive. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it was, you know, spawned by anything yeah, else. Yeah, but honestly, I mean, Savannah sent this to me and the headline is, um, sh- the headline is something like, Chef cuts up and boils her his transgendered wife or something and i'm like wow you, you do know me really well ding 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 makes me want to think of like ratatouille yeah but that is a story a very sad story and that's the only place you're going to hear it you're not going to hear it on any other podcast besides the one that doesn't really have any morals or standards and that's this one right oh, here yeah, that's awesome. so thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button or whatever podcasting app you use. If you like the story, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our warrior, go to talkmore.com slash join, become a Talko Supremo, get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love, shout it out all over the place, tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it, dedicate you on Talk More Me Podcast. My name is John Hewitt, Jen Nicole. Until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.